When most people talk about knowing their ABCs, they're referencing the alphabet. But here at Animal Behavior Conversations, the podcast of the ABMA, we're talking about the ABCs of behavior. Each week, we'll discuss a topic in the world of animal training and break down the science of behavior change. One of the great things about behavior and training is that it relates to animals of every kind. So whether you're training a lion or a tiger or a bear, oh my, or your pet at home, this podcast is for you. So without further ado, let's talk some training. Hello and welcome to Animal Behavior Conversations, an ABMA podcast. Today we're talking about the big one, positive reinforcement with special guest Andy Haugen. This podcast is presented by the ABMA or the Animal Behavior Management Alliance, which is a not-for-profit organization with a membership comprised of animal care professionals and other individuals interested in enhancing animal care through training and enrichment. The ABMA continually strives to advance intentional and enlightened behavior management through operant conditioning to improve the lives and welfare of all animals. If you'd like to learn more or become a member of the ABMA, visit us at our website at theabma.org. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. I'm your host, Shane, and I am a current ABMA board member, pinniped trainer, and self-proclaimed behavior nerd. For anyone joining us again on the podcast, we're so excited to have you back and to continue to talk about behavior. The goal of this podcast is to implement one of the goals of the ABMA, which is to continue the spread of knowledge and sharing throughout the animal care field. Each episode, we will break down one topic that involves the science of behavior and animal training. We want to provide a resource for newer trainers to learn and for experienced trainers to be refreshed. Even though the content you hear in this podcast reflects the views of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views of the ABMA or the board of directors, we think that the diversity of subjects and viewpoints represented by animal care professionals from around the world is one of the strengths of this organization. Some things you will agree with and others may challenge your perceptions and ideas, but we encourage you to listen to all you hear with an open mind because you might be surprised by what you learn. The last three episodes, we broke down the ABCs of behavior with our antecedents, behavior, consequence, and now we're moving on to the different techniques that we can use while we're training. And this is the big one. Today, we're talking about positive reinforcement. To help me talk about it is Andy Haugen. Thanks for joining me, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, I know Andy a little bit. It's a fellow Ohio zookeeper and trainers. I think you came for a sea lion experience a, did, a couple yeah. years ago. Yep. And I've seen <laughs> the cheetah run many times in Cincinnati, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are and your journey through the animal care and animal training field? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, right now I'm currently a senior trainer here at the Cincinnati Zoo in our cat ambassador program, but I did not always know I wanted to work with cheetahs. Kind of thought I wanted to be a veterinarian, as I'm sure a lot of us were when we were growing up and we were kids. And I ended up doing a lot of study abroad stuff when I was in college and got to travel and see a lot of different cool training and different work with animals across the globe. And I worked with cheetahs a little bit in South Africa and kind of fell in love with them. When I was still in college, I went to the University of Michigan and there was a little zoo there um, that was doing kind of outreach educational work. We actually partnered with the Columbus Zoo to do a few events and um, our sloths as well. Um, and Columbus actually came up for one of our um, events and they brought their cheetahs. And I was like, what? This is a job. That's amazing. So um, yeah, I definitely want to thank them for showing that to me. But I was super excited because I love cheetahs. So I was working at that little zoo there kind of doing 
training with smaller animals, smaller master animals, things like that. And then ended up getting my first job out at the Fort Worth Zoo in Texas uh, as an ambassador animal trainer down there. We did the big stage shows, the free flight of birds, and went to schools, uh, learned so much down there, a lot of my training basics. And then I applied to this job here in Cincinnati, kind of on a whim, um, but they liked me. So I was very excited about that because it's, as I'm sure you know, a very competitive field, especially working with cheetahs. So I'm very thankful. And I've been here for five years now. So uh, that's a very quick synopsis of my background, but I am definitely loving it and all the fun training I've gotten to do over here over the years. And I have to say, that's very bold of you to even mention the state up north while living in Ohio. So (laughs) uh, good for you. (laughs) You The fun thing is, is though our director, Thane Maynard, he went to Michigan um, and I uh, definitely have that kindred spirit with him. So he brings it up anytime he introduces me to someone. He mentions that I went to Michigan and that I was a rower at Michigan. (laughs) So we have a few, uh, you know, Michiganders down here that are that are holding down the fort. So that's pretty cool. I used to think Thane was really cool. And now, no, I'm just kidding. I still think he's incredible. <laughs> does a lot of really great stuff. Yes, Anyways, all joking aside, let's get back into today's topic, which is positive reinforcement. And before we specifically talk about positive reinforcement, as we're just starting this podcast, let's take a step back, take a bigger picture view of operant conditioning in general, and talking about those different techniques. So we have are reinforcement and also punishment. So reinforcement is defined as the procedure by which a consequence increases or maintains the future frequency of the behavior it follows. And on the flip side of that coin, we have punishment, which decreases the future frequency of a behavior. And we're going to get into punishment in a couple of episodes. So stay tuned for a more in-depth discussion on that topic. But for today, we're going to focus on reinforcement. But Before we get into that, I need to keep going on and on about these terminologies just so we have a basis for the rest of this uh, discussion. So with reinforcement and punishment, we also have positive and negative. In In training terms, in regards to our consequences, positive refers to the addition of a stimulus. Negative refers to the removal of a stimulus. So finally, bringing that all together, we have positive reinforcement, which is the procedure of adding a consequence to the environment in order to increase the future frequency of the behavior that it follows. Oh my gosh, I felt like I was a professor there for a second, but a lot of really good things that we need to kind of lay out there and through the next couple of episodes. And today we're going to dive deep into that. So after all of that technical talk, even though it's really important. Andy, can you walk us through an example of what positive reinforcement looks like in action? Yeah, so I think uh, positive reinforcement is one of the most basic training principles. So um, I'll talk about it with some of the animals that I'm sure everybody can relate to, which are your dogs. So we have cheetah companion dogs here, and uh, we train them to use positive reinforcement a lot. So a lot of different reinforcers are, you know, something positive that that animal likes Uh, our main reinforcer for our dogs is food right so we'll ask our dog to do a behavior and we will reward them with an item of food usually treats high reward items usually are good when you're training newer behaviors so that is a very basic example of a positive reinforcer um, for when your animal does a behavior that you want them to do is to reinforce them with a high value and uh, that's a really great example. You know, all of us have dogs and it's also amazing. You know, a lot of those cheetah ambassador programs have dogs and 
Uh, your dogs and Cincinnati are absolutely adorable, and I love their names. Got some fun names over there. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but in that example, you know, you're talking about using food to reinforce that behavior, any behavior that they're doing when we're using positive reinforcement. So whatever we're using to reinforce or increase or maintain a specific behavior, that's called a reinforcer. So I'm going to get back in, put on my glasses again and give us some more <laughs> definitions. A reinforcer is any consequence of a behavior that increases the future frequency of that behavior. So we're going to be diving deeper later in this episode. And as we move through the podcast, especially because I love reinforcers and being really creative on uh, the way we think critically about what is a reinforcer for an animal. So stay tuned. We're going to nerd out about that in a later podcast in more depth. That reinforcer in general is something that's desired by the animal because they learn that when they do a behavior, when they engage with their trainers, they're going to receive that item, which is reinforcing them to keep doing it over and over again. It's why food treats are the most common example when we're using positive reinforcement. But broadening our horizons, thinking critically, there are consequences other than food that we can use for positive reinforcement. And I know, especially for cheetahs, there are some that you can definitely use, uh, as I also worked with cheetahs at Bush Gardens before as well. So Andy, can you give us some examples of non-food reinforcers and kind of what that looks like in practice? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll use our cheetahs as an example, because a lot of times when we are training our cheetahs, especially when we're going on walks, we often don't use food um, because sometimes food can be almost too high of a reward and they get too fixated on that. So one of our main reinforcers for cheetahs when we're on walks or doing programs is actually tactile reinforcement, giving them scratches, uh, letting them lick our arms is a really big reinforcer for cheetahs. And that's a way that keeps them calm and content when they are on a program as well. So that is definitely an example of a positive reinforcer that isn't food. And it works also our um, Red River hog. He loves getting scratches as well. So that's another animal that loves that tactile reinforcement. And if you're unfamiliar with Cincinnati's ambassador animals, that Red River hog's name is Sir Francis Bacon. Yeah, and that is such a good name. <laughs> it's got to be top five animal name in the U.S. I'm just saying. Yes, uh, pretty sure, great. Sure. You can't tell that I also am obsessed with Red River hogs. Oh, they're such uh, great animals. And when he comes out during our encounter, he gets so excited. He like sprints and his ear tassels like flap in the wind. And it is. We get a huge roar from the audience every time. I love that's it. amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. But that's a great example. You know, really when we are using positive reinforcement, we're looking at a reinforcer. The key is paying attention to if that behavior is increasing or maintaining. If you are adding something, adding a stimulus into their environment, and that behavior is increasing, then that is a reinforcer for the animal. And that is a great way to give them something that they are desiring and then learning to do that behavior over and over again. We talked about tactile, talk about toys. I know in a lot of different places, especially SeaWorld, they use toys to throw their dolphins after behavior and they play with it. But you can do attention thinking about our dogs, our pets at home. Our attention to them is sometimes, I know for my pets, way more important than treats even. And uh, one of the really cool examples, they had a tortoise that they were trying to do an A to B across the stage. And food was not really maintaining that behavior. That wasn't a strong enough reinforcer for that. What they found was the tortoise would immediately go sit in a corner where it was dark and they kind of didn't have all the stimulus. So what they did was they reinforced this tortoise by going across the stage and then they would put a hide and the tortoise would go straight into the hide and sit there. 
And that behavior happened over and over again. So it's a great way of thinking a little bit outside of the box on what reinforcement can be. But to finish off today's discussion on positive reinforcement, I want to talk about why positive reinforcement is the method that we want to use while we're training the animals in our care. So thinking about the technical side of things, positive reinforcement works because we're teaching animals what to do as opposed to what not to do. So one of my favorite quotes by Ken Ramirez is training is teaching. And simply put, positive reinforcement allows us to teach the animals. It allows us to give them uh, a say in their care, allows them to be an active participant. And one of my favorite things is it allows animals to make mistakes as they learn. It allows them to go at the pace that they need to. It allows us to start small and build bigger And then, of course, from the human-animal relationship side of things, positive reinforcement puts us as the trainers in the right mindset. We're focusing on what the animal is doing right and thus supporting them as they continue to grow and learn. Instead of focusing on maybe what they're not doing right, we're changing our mindset and looking at what are those small things. And as we build up, those small things will become bigger things by, by giving them that dialogue. So if we talk to 100 animal care professionals on why positive reinforcement is what we should be using. We're all going to give very similar but different answers based on our experiences and relationships. So I'm going to ask you that question now, Andy. Why should we focus on positive reinforcement? And on a personal level to you, why is positive reinforcement important to you as you train animals? Yeah, I think we all get into this field because we love animals and we also care about their welfare. And I think that training is a huge part of animal welfare. And positive reinforcement is one of the best ways that I think you can increase welfare. If that comes to making training for medical procedures to be more chosen by the animals, that has been something that I have really loved to do for a lot of our animals is to use positive reinforcement to allow for better blood draws or receiving vaccines or exams to make it more of a positive experience for them that affects their welfare overall. And also positive reinforcement, like you know, you mentioned earlier, it allows the animals to make mistakes, but it also allows the trainer to really learn the best way to train that animal. So if you're failing and you're continuing to fail, it's not because the animal is dumb or it's it's because you haven't found the right route for that animal. So positive reinforcement really allows you to kind of isolate each individual and find what is their motivator. What do I need to change as a trainer to communicate this better? You know, you're never in the mindset of, oh, well, this animal just can't get it. It's what am I doing wrong that I'm not communicating And so it really allows you to have this unique relationship with your animals to kind of troubleshoot together and to find the best path to get your training done. And I think it's just so much fun. Also, I love doing positive reinforcement training. And I think it's great that it is being so widely accepted in our field across zookeeping. So yeah, it means a lot to me. (laughs) Me too. And I think that was really well said when you said that it allows us as trainers to figure out what works for that specific animal. I say this all the time. I've said it already in multiple of these podcasts. I'm going to keep saying it because I love this. It's the phrase that training is the study of one and the study of one moment. So depending on the animal, it could be different between this animal versus this cheetah versus this cheetah. They have the exact same environment, but they are very different cheetahs, just like us as humans. We all learn differently. When we're learning math, what might work to teach me division might not work for Andy and vice versa. So I think that's a really great and it highlights that training really is a dialogue. It's two-way communication between the trainer 
and the animal and positive reinforcement is the best way to foster and grow that dialogue. So I love all of that. Very good. Do you have any last thoughts on the ever amazing topic of positive reinforcement, Andy? I think just uh, continuing to like evolve our understanding of positive reinforcement and also like continue to push the boundaries of, you know, what you think has worked in the past. That's something that I love about training too, is there's always new ideas. There's always ways things can be done better. And so being able to, you know, have a podcast like this or talk to others in the field, see how they're doing things. I know I have used the resource of our zookeeping community many times. If I'm like really hitting a training hurdle, hey, what have you guys done? What have you tried? Really communicating and kind of opening that channel amongst ourselves, you know, so we're not all reinventing the wheel here, but also coming up with new ideas. So I think that, yeah, if anyone has any questions or wants to hear any of the training that I have done or my team, um, we've been doing our cheetah runs here at Cincinnati Zoo for over 40 years. So we have a lot of experience with cheetahs and dogs and all different kinds of cats in between. So please reach out to us anytime. We'd love to chat and talk through our, our fun training. Amazing. And I, you saying that gave me the perfect example of how we are constantly evolving and pushing boundaries. Think about when positive reinforcement was first starting, we were training animals to know, all right, if you are sitting still or standing, you know you're going to get injected, you know it's going to be a little bit painful, it's going to be over soon, and then you're going to get that reinforcement, going to do all these other fun things. We're now fast forward to 2023 and, you know, before this, but now like we're focusing on like how can we get that animal to show us that they're purely solely the one that's making this choice and lean in and sticking Mm -hmm. themselves. Like that's a perfect example. And it's exciting to see that in the next years to come exactly how much more. Where are we going to go? Yeah. The power we can give the animals to participate, to say no, to say yes. And all those things. So I love that. I'm, I say this almost every episode, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this stuff. So that's (laughs) awesome. Love Love it. Well, now time to one of the funnest parts of this episode, even though talking about training is always really fun. Always. This is what we call our training tale. So Andy, do you have a a fun or interesting training story that you can share with our listeners? Hmm, I'm trying to think of a fun one. Well, so this was back before I was working here with the cheetahs. I was working with a lot of parrots and I had not done a ton of work with parrots, but I was able to capture a fun uh, Indiana Jones theme song with one of our African gray parrots. It was just, you know, me whistling and humming this tune and him picking up on little bits of it and using positive reinforcers while I was cleaning every once in a while for him to pick up on it. And I think after, I don't know how long it was, maybe six months or or so, he ended up doing like the main, uh, you know, chorus of the Indiana Jones theme song. And it was like such a huge training win for me because I was like, this is so random that this bird was able to pick that up. It's just so cool to see. I never thought he would be able to do that, but there it was. And then, yeah, actually one of my most recent ones is we've been able to start transitioning all of our cheetahs to do um, protective contact blood draws, which has been really great because we're able to collaborate to get like these cool tail training shoots. That's one of the collaboration things that I I've seen it in other areas done where they get these like shoots cut into the mesh. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I could have this, I could train the cats to lay down and present their tail and do all this kind of stuff. And um, we've actually recently started um, shaving the cheetah's tail as well. So getting them used to that. And we've actually had a lot of success with that recently. And I'm really, really proud of it because it took a lot of work, but here we are. And it's better for them, better for us and training wins. So yeah. (laughs) 
That's amazing. And then working with cheetahs, I can say that I know those veins in the tail are very small. Oh, and yeah. you're you're training, you're giving them that communication that this might be a little bit and you're going to get your tail kind of uh, moved around. So that's awesome. We're working. So hopefully we're going to have all of our cheetahs doing that here soon, which would be awesome. <laughs> amazing. Also, I think we all need to go and petition Disney to make the Indiana Jones 5 opening credits to be this African Grey yeah, uh, humming the theme song. I think that really should be the big takeaway from this. <laughs> Perfect. Well, anyways, earlier, Andy, you said that people had questions, wanted to reach out to you. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. How can people reach you if they have more questions? You can reach me at my email. It's andy.helgen at cincinnatizoo.org. Or if you're on social media, you can reach out to me there as well. My handle is at andy underscore panda. And it is andy with an IE. Perfect. And I will have all, all of that in the description of this podcast if anyone wants to reach out. So thank you once again, Andy, for joining me and talking about positive reinforcement. Thanks for having me. It was fun talking. And that concludes today's episode focusing on positive reinforcement. This, of course, just scratches the surface, and we're going to be going into a lot more in-depth discussions focusing on positive reinforcement and a lot of different training terms. But in the meantime, if you have any questions at all, please reach out on any of the ABMA social channels or by emailing abc at theabma.org. We'd love to hear from you, and this podcast is really made for you. So if you have any questions or topics that you would like covered, please let us know. Once again, a special thank you to Andy for joining me today, James McCaleb for our theme song, Ayla on the Beat, sung by the ever-talented Ayla the Sea Lion, all of our ABMA members, and to you for listening and joining in on the behavior conversation. If you aren't already a member, please consider joining the ABMA by visiting theabma.org as we all strive to better the lives of animals around the world. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and join us next week on Animal Behavior Conversations. In the meantime, thanks for joining us and happy training. Oh, I can't hear so, you there. Yeah, here's my story. I I'm, I was muted. We're good. Oh, okay. I, the other day, I, for some reason, just completely forgot that on Zoom, you can mute yourself. And someone was giving this long story and my eyes were watering because I had to cough so bad. And I coughed and I was like, I'm so sorry, I ruined it. And they were like, why didn't you mute yourself? And I was like, oh my God, I should be muting myself every time the other person's talking. So, all right, I'm still getting used to unmuting myself. So here we go. All right.